makes a sound like that. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to the Strange Highways. I am Paul. And I am the uber professional Terry who had my mic m- uh, like muted because I didn't want to laugh at that. <laughs> so, laugh at what? What are you talking about? I, I don't well, know. I, I, you know, like the goat scream. Like, <laughs> I think that was a goat scream. It, it, was, a, it like, was a goat. You're right. It was a goat. Um, so, yeah. Welcome. My, uh, we'll, we'll, my we'll, mom we'll, used to take care of Angora goat, so I know what a goat is. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, welcome everybody to Straight Highways. This is an anthology based podcast of, uh, about the Twilight Zone. We've covered the original series. We covered the more recent Jordan Peele produced uh, two seasons, and now we are in the last two segments of season one of the eighties. Uh, so before we get to talking about a damn Beaumont. Um, I did ask Terry last week uh, when we talked about Grace Note that that was like with the, the with the three segments Grace Note, uh, this one and what was it the what's the next one called something something uh, uh, what was it the last defender of Camelot? We're going to find yeah. out where Terry is the most frustrated, like and annoyed of the three segments. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> which uh, there is definitely something to discuss about that next segment too. Yeah. Oh, you've already watched uh, it as well. We're just going to no. Uh, okay. I'm just saying somebody who contributed. Oh yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about the writer. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so yeah, um, but yeah. So you, you know, if if anybody's been listening for any length of time, uh, you can you, you know I I slip in my opinions about segments and episodes uh, with the audio I choose to play. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you might 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 let you know how. Um, how frustrated I am with this. And I think, I think Terry figured this out a couple weeks ago when I was like prepping show notes and like, and, and was cutting like audio and images that I sent some of it to a group chat. I didn't send all of it. Cause I wanted to surprise, surprise him with a certain goat noise. Um, yeah, not like, well, this is good. This is going to be a thing. So yes. Hence why my, my mic was like completely off for this first take. <laughs> yeah. We don't usually do multiple takes, but it was off for the first take. Yeah. Yeah. We usually try to do this all in one take. Cause you know, well, you know, it's easier that way. And also like, I like the preferred feel of like live radio, you know? So I hope other people appreciate that too. So with that being said, here we are. It is the last full episode of season one of the Twilight Zone of the 80s iteration. It is a season one, episode 24, segment A, A Day in Beaumont, air date April 11th, 1986. Number one song, Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. Number one film, The Money Pit. I remember liking that a lot as a kid. I have not re- uh, revisited The Money that. Pit? Yeah. yeah. I love The Money Pit. It's so good. Tom yeah. Hanks is, I mean, he's so magical in the 80s. 
I know he was a, such a great actor in like the 2000s and late era, but his comedy, his comedy is so good. Yeah. I mean, like even uh, like Boos and Buddies and that mm-hmm. he's so good. And, you know, he's kind of a Cleveland boy by uh, like the states that he, you know, he's uh, he did like he a lot of early the, acting here. Yeah. And right. And his favorite pizza place is Angelo's, which is in Lakewood. Yes. Ohio. So um, he loves coming back here. He, he roots for the Guardians. It's like he's a he, he's hometown by his own emissions pretty much. Yeah. So, so like, but the money, I, pit, love yeah, Tom I need, I need to revisit it. I just remember like I, the, the bit where he was, he turns on the one. jelly long. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. She's great. Uh, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's fun in that too. But the bit where he turns the one switch on and you see it slowly become like a fuse, like lit, lit and just runs through like the wall and you see it keep burning and burning and burning. And he's trying to follow it. Um, that, and then the, when he gets stuck in the, the hole in the seat, like the second floor with the carpet, <laughs> And he's just losing I love, his mind. I love the mousetrap situation where he's on the outside <laughs> with the painters and everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I need to <laughs> so revisit good. that. I, yeah. So, um, it, it, yeah. it stands up, dude. It, it's really fun. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, what I have for news for day date. So two days after this aired, uh, April 13th, the first child born to a non-related surrogate mother was born. So that's, you know, I, I think it's kind of a big deal because we don't, that's it's not like something that I mean it happens every day now, but like the idea of somebody being a surrogate for somebody else, even if they're not like a blood relation, that's it's pretty commonplace now. But this this was the first time it happened then. And I you know I didn't get into looking into like the surroundings, but I'm gonna guess there was a lot of people like upset that we were like, you know, uh, putting the thumb in the eye of God, you know. But um it just shows you like that we proved that it was possible. It could happen. Like even before this, there was the the first test tube baby, like an IVF fertilization. People were freaking out about that, and all this stuff's commonplace now, which is good. But this was the first one. Yeah, I don't really have a much yeah, more than that. That I know, would I don't be know. Like I just, I just thought, really yeah. important because I'm sure there was a big social, you know, talk about like you know if somebody can't have their own child, should they like like you know like the same shit that's happening now about like whether you know people. <laughs> You know, can um, you know, uh, people of alternate lifestyles like you know adopt kids? Is that godly? Is, it, is it, that's uh, you know like you know? Oh, anyway, like we we sometimes go off the other paths about political stuff. Not going to do it right now because the day of Beaumont does. It's it's not. It's, this is not one of those episodes. We're not going to get super political. Other than I, I might you know. <laughs> I might become like a super atheist at the end of this. Like I, I don't already believe in God. Now I'm going to, I'm going to believe I'm going to be like super not believing in God after we talk about the Aunt Beaumont. I don't know. If that I means. like the idea of a uh, super atheist, super atheist. The, person we, the person we need. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the person we need, you know, stand back. I will be uh, 200% negative about everything. So anyway, and, and, and deny and I will argue you until you like, oh, I don't know what that means. All right. So uh, yeah, let's get into, let's get into who did what here. The leftists of all lefts. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. We, we have, we have quite like an interesting cast for what, you know, for what this is. Um, but yeah, let's get into who did what. Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, we'll talk about Fio de Gear. Uh, which we've talked about at length multiple times uh, mm. during this entire series of the 80s. Uh, it, this was one of two episodes that he directed. So we'll talk about one in the future, obviously. Um, he also wrote three teleplays uh, that we've talked about uh, more recently because, you know, it was this <laughs> this, this iteration. 
but Nightcrawlers, which I absolutely loved, and an examination or a, examination a, day, a, yeah, examination day, yeah. Which I mean, like those were really cool uh, teleplays. Which I, I what we're about to talk about, I wanted to mention those because. Uh, well, something weird happened. Yeah. Here. So, something so with that really being said, weird he, happened here. he didn't write this one. He directed it. So right. And there's one more like yet. The, yeah. To, yeah. The direction. You know. I'm like, if the teleplay is any indication about your directing skills, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. And also knowing that Phil DeGuerre was like one of the executive producers of this iteration of the twilight zone. Um, and we'll get to our season one wrap up finally in two weeks. Uh, stay right. tuned, everybody. So, like, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the 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 Phil Daguerre of it all, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, the, that extra teleplay might change things up, but I just wanted to bring those into mind when we talk about this episode. Yeah, because I don't know that might color certain people's uh, expectations of his, you know, his career and what happens, but whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but next we'll talk about a writer here. Uh, David Gerard, uh, one more coming. We'll talk about that in s- soon enough. Um, but we also have uh, a couple of tales from the dark side episodes that uh, he did, and also some OG uh, Star Trek, yeah, and Deep Space Nine. Episodes. So yeah, so here's um, interesting. So he wrote um, three of the original Star Trek episodes, and one of them was the trouble, the trouble of Tribbles. He wrote that at like age 22, 23. So credit to him, right? Like good, good on you. And then whenever the animated series came out after the original series in the seventies, uh, yeah, yeah uh, there was one called, Oh, was it BIM was the name of the episode. It was B E M. And it, it, you might appreciate this, Terry, cause I, I got a kick out of this. It was the first um, time that, uh, that James Kirk's middle name, cause he's always referred to as James T Kirk. was revealed to be Tiberius. Which mm. um, you've known me for years, and when I first signed up for Facebook, I thought you had to include your middle name. So I'm like, I don't want. So I just I just put Tiberius as my middle name on social media. So I, like, so thanks, thanks, David Gerald. You gave me my my my, my fake middle name, so I appreciate that. So, um, but then he also wrote a script for the Next Generation called Blood and Fire which included an AIDS metaphor and a gay couple and the ship's crew. Uh, Joe wrote the script in the response to being with Roddenberry at a convention in 87, where he had promised that the upcoming next generation series would deal with the issue of sexual orientation um, and the egalitarian future. The script was purchased by the producers of the next generation, but was eventually shelved. So never actually got made. Um, he did go on to write a couple of different science fiction books. He has like a five book series. I, I forget, like I don't have that in my notes, but he ended up reincorporating Blood and Fire into one of those books that he wrote. So I, I yeah. love that he was forward thinking. Yeah. Like, so I mean, like at least you could see he was trying, you know, to like get that out there, and that's, I think that's important, right? I mean, of course it's important. And the fact that they were trying to, and I like the idea that the next generation was like, we're going to still keep challenging social norms because that's what Star Trek would do and should do. Cause it's, that's the, like a great Avenue to explore that just much like the twilight zone. Right. Um, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what so, I have about him. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I guess we'll get into our cast here. It's, it's kind of a lengthy cast. Yeah. I have um, some notes, so it might be a, a minute. So there's some fun stuff in here with some of these people. Yeah, so we have, uh, to lead our cast off, is uh, Victor Garber. Uh, he was Dr. Kevin uh, Carl- Carlson. Car- Carlson. Uh, yeah. Carlson. 
Um, he was uh, in Legally Blonde. That was the first thing that I was like, oh, my God, I, I've seen this dude before. My wife and I, as goofy of a movie as it is, uh, I love Legally Blonde. Um, but he was also in uh, tons of episodes of Alias. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, he was a recurring member on uh, the DC's versions of different shows like Flash. Yeah. And um, I mean, like he was Dr. Martin Steen. Yeah, Martin uh, Steen. Like, he was one half of a, um, a character called Firestorm. Um, that yeah, uh, he they first appeared in the Flash TV series, and then his him and his, his DC's Legends of Tomorrow. tomorrow like it, there was a lot of different shows that he was yeah, on. but he just I, a lot of fun in the in that role because he was like the, I, the professor guy, and then he was um, partnered up with like always like a younger, more like the, the first it was um, I don't like this you know stock white guy that was the real life brother of um, Stephen Amell. And that's fine, but then later on, he ends up partnered up with like a younger kid that was a football player, and like t- together, the both of them can summon Firestorm, like they merge. But it's like you have this old professor guy, and you have this like you know like hothead, pun intended, trying to figure it out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I like him as an actor. I've seen him in multiple things otherwise, mm-hmm. but uh, I I feel like that's worth noting. That I mean, he was like on five different shows of the DC universe. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, they did a lot keep of crossover. On coming back. Yeah. That's actually pretty sweet. Uh, I, he was on arrow as well. Yeah. And, uh, they were the, the arrow versus they called it, which just recently came to an end with, uh, the, the end of the flash. And like, there were like, there was a lot of crossover and it was like a lot, it was doing a, like, it was kind of eating like Marvel's lunch there for a minute. TV wise of how they're able to connect everything together. And, a lot of fun there, but it kind of became overload. Like you and I talk, like when we're not recording about like you're catching up on all the, a lot of the Marvel stuff. Um, if you were to try to catch up on the CWDC stuff, um, I, I would just, I think, I think I would walk in and just find like this bag of dust and a skull like blowing into the wind. Like you would just be dead trying to watch it all of it because it's so much. You know, I, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, but yeah. it's like I've been testing myself and my wife at the same point too now because <laughs> a lot of it's like connective tissue with uh, you know the movies. But yeah, either way, that's not this podcast. But so. no, Victor Garber, like I just I'm always happy to see him. Very recognizable actor. You know, it's like it's like oh, it's you. I'm glad he got it. Yeah. I'm glad he got a haircut. <laughs> well, that's true, and I'm also glad that he got out of this and uh, went on to do other things. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah. Next, we'll talk about uh, Stacy Nelkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays Faith Carlson. Uh, she was in Halloween Three, so uh, season of the witch, which is uh, one of the newfound uh, favorites of mine in the last ten years. I, I know a lot of people don't like Halloween Three, but oh, it's check so, it it's out, so yeah, fun! Man. Like it's it's, it's such so, a good it's film. so fun, and it has. Like I, I'm a sucker Tom for Atkins, like, like good yes, Lord. <laughs> I'm a sucker for like a bleak ending and it is one of the bleaker endings. Right. And it's Hell so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, it's if not, it's any not of a perfect our audience film. Have yeah. not seen that film. Like please yeah. for love of God, see that film yeah. because I, yeah, if you don't want to see the good guy win, uh, you might not see the good guy win. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's not a perfect film, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Right. And like, it's just, it, it, like, like the fact that everyone's like, hey, I like season the witch. I'm like, I, growing up, like, I know I'm a smidge older than you. Nobody ever talked glowingly about that movie until like, you know, like you said, like the last 10 years. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, the, that's pretty much like the sweet spot. It's like the, the people that were like, 
align themselves with films within, hey, I don't know, we maybe we should revisit that in the last 10 years. That's the film. I, I think the, the good double feature for people, which I found a sweet spot for my wife and I, it would be The Stuff and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Nice. I... Um, I need to revisit the stuff. Like, uh, my, my wife and I, we, this was a few years ago. We started it and then it was one of those things that we just started it a little too late and we didn't get that far into it. But I remember watching that as a kid and freaking me out. So I need to get back to it. Um, yeah, I, yeah there's a good reason why. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other credit I would uh, give to her because I think it's so fun because we've talked about it recently is going eight. <laughs> She's going ape. Oh, God, no. Um, but yeah, I'll say this for Stacey Nelkin. Going ape, yeah, no, no. Uh, so uh, she is, I, yeah, I, it's a canon film I watched. Um, and, I know. Right? And I wrote it on the blog for the Invasion show, and it's it's over there if you guys want to. You know, what would go wrong? What would go wrong with getting the kid from over the top, Dom DeLuise, uh, I guess Stacy Noken and um and there is a connective tissue there because and, we had and, the kid from over the top in yeah. one of the episodes and, that we touched and, and a little person in a um a monkey suit. Yeah, what could go wrong with this film? And it's supposed to be a fun comedy that because you know uh you you never accuse Canon of quite understanding anything. So anyway, um so uh, yeah. What, anyway, so finger, I want, finger on the pulse slightly. <laughs> They're always like, "How can we fit in a dance craze?" Which that did not happen in the movie, but you were always feeling you know, it was like come. Uh, we saw every which way but loose, like <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> well, did, did you watch the the Canon documentary? The one, the, the um, oh, Electric Boogaloo. I totally, I totally did because I had to prepare myself for your other podcast. Remember, I was on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for electric, like, it wasn't uh, for Electric Boogaloo, right? Was it? For, but no, we yep. talked. Okay, because there was that bit where uh, we talked about the apple. Yeah, we talked we about talked the apple. Monacum Gold. Later on, we talked about uh, Bloodsport. Yeah, yes, uh, good movie. But like Monacum Golan actually talking to Clyde the ape, you know, like talking to him directly. <laughs> Clyde the orangutan. Then <laughs> everyone's like, "Is he talking to him directly?" Like, anyway, sorry. Right. Yeah. He's like, "Sign here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you know. Anyway. Neither here nor there. <laughs> One other note I want to have for her. I just thought this was funny because like, I'm going to guess that she added this to her information. Nelkin is a self-styled, quotes, relationship expert and has her own YouTube channel and a website. Uh, she wrote a book called You Can't Afford to Break Up, How an Empty Wallet and a Dirty Mind Can Save Your Relationship. That's kind of how like Terry and I get along because we don't. I don't have money and we both have dirty minds, so we do save our relationship. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. We, we are reassured that every day. Like, we, you don't have any money. No, I don't have any money. But we... You know, we do have... Here's a sex Raw show. sexual attention. <laughs> raw sexual attention. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. Who, what, who, who else do we have? All right. So, we're going to look at... Uh, next is Jeff Morrow. Mm-hmm. It's a H... <laughs> I love this one. H.G. Orson. Or- Orson. Yeah, H.G. Orson. Orson. Orson, yeah. as in like uh, Orson, you know, Orson Wells, right? Yeah, well, yeah. we'll get into that here in a second. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I, I, the callbacks in this episode gets me pissed off, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how that's handled for sure in a minute. Uh, uh, so yeah, I have so, for him, this was his last appearance as an actor. Uh, he was in The Silent yeah. Earth, which at the time was the most expensive sci-fi film made at the time yeah. for $2 million then. Um, and he was in a Twilight Zone episode, which is one of the best ones of season one. And I think of all time elegy. Yep. 
Yeah, and the the other credits that I would bring forward is uh, The Creature Walks Among Us, which is the third installment of The Creature from oh, okay. the Black Lagoon. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I'd also say, I think I think Elegy was written by Charles Beaumont, if I recall. So not to, yeah, because yeah, this the, we understand why this is named what it dipping, is. But yeah. Dipping the cup there, hold yeah, on sure, a second. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. So we have, who, who else do we have here? Wait, I do. John Agar, uh, he was Pop. He was in uh, Tarantula, which also... Uh, Bill Shatner, uh, a.k.a. James Tiberius Kirk. No, not Tarantula. He was King of the Spiders. Sorry, continue. No, 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 <laughs> well, no Tarantula had uh, Eastwood in it. Clint okay. Eastwood. No, I'm just. you said Tarantula. I thought Tarantulas, which was in King of the Spiders. Mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm... He was also yeah. in Body Bags, which we need to discuss at some point, dude. I love, uh, you know, like I love tarantula, but I love body bag and then Nightbreed. Like I, wow. ins- as soon as I saw this dude on screen, I was like, that's a dude from Nightbreed. Oh yeah. Okay. I, so I have what I have with him. Do you is, not remember him from Nightbreed? I've not seen Nightbreed in forever. And I need to get back. He to was it. the one that explains to the serial killer where the Nightbreed are. I, I saw that. Like I saw it as a kid on VHS years and years and years ago. And I need to revisit that film. That's a big blind spot. Oh for my god! Yeah. Am I? Am, I'm not. Uh, okay, come on over right now. We'll stop recording. We'll watch that. Rah, 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 yeah, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so what I have for him? He worked a lot with John Wayne. Uh, uh, Agar met a Shirley Temple in '43 when he was asked to escort her to a Hollywood party. They got married in '45. Uh, and then um, uh, David O'Selznick actually signed Agar to a five-year acting contract, uh, starting at $150 a week, uh, including acting lessons. All right. Uh, he made his <laughs> film debut as uh, Temple's love interest in Ford Apache, uh, John Ford, Western for RKO, starring John Wayne and Henry Fonda. It was a financial success and critically like liked as well. So this kind of put him like, you know, like they, they strapped a rocket to him. So he'd actually kind of like have success after, but then... The other projects that were major, like big budget things, didn't do so well. So he kind of ended up falling into a lot of uh, like sci-fi and western, like lower budget things. And so, and I have here nineteen nineties Nightbreed. So look at me putting notes in here that you already mentioned. But uh, so, as for being associated with science fiction B movies, Agar said, "I don't resent being identified with B science fiction movies at all. Why should I? Even though they were not considered top of the line for those people that like sci-fi, I guess they were fun. My whole feeling about working as an actor is, if I give anybody any enjoyment, I'm doing my job, and that's what counts. You know. So he understood his uh, place. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's like I love that he did some creature features as far as like tarantula, but then." Did things from my like kind of adolescence. Mm-hmm. Nightbreed is such an important film for me, and especially uh, body bags. I, I mean, I, I really do think we need to discuss body bags I, at some point. Okay, but. so you're talking about John Carpenter's body bags? Hell yeah, dude! I, I just okay, Terry. I love you. I just covered that like two months ago. Um, no, on, on an invasion. No. Yeah, for a year of the Carpenter no. thing that we've been doing. You were over there recently to talk about vampires. You know we did this. No, we need to discuss it again <laughs> at length. No, no, I'm already, I've already talked about Stacy Keach. I can't do it again. It's like he's too fabulous. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Okay, we'll it see. It wasn't enough. Can, can we like, give Can we give us some time so I can let the film lie for a minute before I come back to revisit it? Can we do that? Can we agree to that? Because I will come back to it. Um, oh, you know, Terry. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> 
okay. I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it slide this time. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. But no, I said that we'll have to move on to our cast. Yes. Otherwise. Um, so Kenneth, uh, Toby, mm-hmm. it is, uh, Sheriff Haskin. I think that name probably has some bearing too, but I, I don't know. I didn't find anything else in the notes, but like Haskins sounds very familiar yeah. to something else. But uh, he was also in the OG uh, Twilight Zone, Dead Man's Shoes. But, Which we, uh, talked about, we talked about recently because there's the update in this season. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, sorry, do you have anything else? Because I have a couple notes about him. Yeah. So he was also in Forbidden Planet, mm-hmm. uh, another important sci-fi film. And Hawaiian Eye. Yeah, but he was also uh, in uh, uh, The Thing from Another World, the Howard Hawks, Howard Hawks production. So he was playing yeah. uh, Captain Patrick Henry, uh, who leads the science, scientific outpost, um, you know, dogged defense against an alien uh, portrayed by James Arness. So he actually became a semi-regular on the NBC uh, drama series I Spy as the field boss of Agents Robinson Scott, played by Robert Culp, and a comedian... Uh, and also um, drink mixer, Bill Cosby. So um, <laughs> uh, Christian Nibby, who actually directed Thing from Another World, actually directed uh, a, a, th- those episodes of I Spy that uh, Kenneth Toby was on. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, he was an airplane, Gremlins and Gremlins 2, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Um, you know, pretty long career. Yeah. I, I don't know if you had any more notes for the, the rest of the cast here. I have a couple. Uh, I'm, kinda, glad, you, I I'm glad that you pointed there. out Hawaiian Eye for him because I, I don't know why I didn't note that. But I have Warren Stevens as Major uh, Whitmore. Uh, he was in um, – no, he was the one that was in Dead Man's Shoes and Forbidden Planet. Wait, do we get these guys flipped? I think we may have. I, and, I, we may have because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, so he was in Hawaiian Eye. Uh, Samurai Cop, Forbidden Planet. So yeah, I think we just combined two people. That's fine. It doesn't okay. matter. It, I, does, I, it I, does not matter, honestly. Um, so then we have Richard Partlow as Sergeant. He did actually did a lot more work in sound department stuff. So you know, Battlestar Galactica, Brotherhood of the, Brotherhood of the Wolf did sound department stuff there. Brotherhood of the Wolf's amazing films. So people should check that out. And then the last one I have here is Miles O'Brien as Young Man. Uh, not not um, going to the YMCA. But he's just young man. Uh, 17 Young credits. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there we go. Uh, huh. We're almost a half hour in uh, for a day in Beaumont. And Terry, I got to tell you, um, I I want to r- not just rip the ripcord. I want to rip the ripcord's ripcord, ripcord, cord, cord, cord. You wanted to just tear it out of the wall. Oh, this this segment here. I'm going I'm to throw all these out here. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. It pisses me off so goddamn much. Like, I just, I am so annoyed by this Preach, brother. Preach. Preach. (laughs) Well, okay. So the long and the short of it is, uh, you know, it's a classic sci-fi setup where you have, um, you know, chased a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, like they're like, it's like, was it like the, the sixties? They're in the middle of nowhere, uh, like desert area. And as they're like trying to change the tire on their car, they see the shittiest, shittiest animation of a UFO crashing. It is awful. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, I made a gif of it that I'm hoping I'm able to post to social media because it might be a little too long. Just the fact that it's like they just like look up and you see like I don't know how to describe it. It's like it is so bad. Um, but then they're like, Oh, what's going on? They're like, we should go investigate that. So they go, they go look at it and there's a big, and then we see 
um, a UFO that's crash landed, a very shitty looking UFO. And then they eventually, you know, they hear this goat noise or whatever. Um, and they're like, yeah, this is a problem. It's like, well, maybe, maybe don't go to that. But then they see ant, ant aliens. I don't know how you describe them. They look like ant people walking out of this thing, right? They're well, I mean, yeah. it, it, like first and foremost, it is very like Steve McQueen, like in the blob scenario. Yeah, because like I, like you got an old car that just kind of cruising down the road, and all of a sudden, like oh my god, what's that? Well, it's moving slower than a meteor. Like what is that? So I. I don't know. It's well, it's like I get that they're going for like that, that that fifties movie sci fi like B movie vibe. I get that, and and part Even of me was hoping, dialogue too. Yeah, and I was hoping there's I was hoping that there was fun to be had there because you could you could have easily in eighty in eighty five eighty six made kind of um even though it's not exactly the right time you could have taken the piss out of an original series Twilight Zone like setup right and make right. it. You know, and because I know that's the that's the you know mid sixties, and I, so I know that's a little further away from like the atomic age stuff. But they were still like, what was what was that? One of those last, um, the fear. One of the last episodes we saw of the season five. It you know like you, you know we're we know these tropes. We we've lived in them, and there's ways to have a little bit of fun, even though that that's I would watch the fear a thousand times over before watching this again. Uh, but yeah, it's just, so anyway, so they see that there's aliens and like, they're oh, like, oh shit, we got to get out of here, you know? And then they go to town and, and like, nobody believes them. They said a fire jet crashed, um, people parachute the safeties, whatever. And then it's like, you know, the sheriff's like, huh, I'll go ahead and follow you guys up back up there. And then the locals trade glances. Of course they do. Great. Uh, they go back to the crash site. They they see the air force is there, and it looks like a down plane. But then there's this weird thing that like um like I do you like the pinky handshake they do where they put their like it's like it's supposed to be like the sign like something's wrong, but it's like it's like uh, if you're trying to like be fancy when you have a drink, you put your pinky out. That's that's Th- it. That's instantly that's instantly what I thought about. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not that's not how you make a handshake. I, I, but I'm yeah. like. But that I've seen people make that handshake in different uh, friend groups. I'm yeah. like, no. And this Michael thing is like, they're like, oh shit, they are aliens. They're like, yeah, they're British. Anyway, so um, yeah. yeah, they're fancy. <laughs> uh, but then um, they're, they're super fancy. Yeah, super fancy. Uh, and so then, as they're like investigating the crash site, like somebody uses like flash photography. HOA. Yeah, yeah. And we see these weird like images again, shitty effects bad, bad effects where it's like, Oh, we can tell that things aren't right here. And like our main characters are like, Oh, I'm so troubled. We need to get out of here. And so then, well, there, yeah. there was a, there was a slight thing that happens yeah. with the, the photography. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like there was a flash and like an after and image. Then, like, right. Yeah. And, uh, which I was kind of, kind of confused by. It's like, is there like a portal or like a, uh, like a, yeah, a it, weird film that they go through and it's like is this like a hologram is, is it like a, a, is it an illusion like what's going on here and right like, none of it's explained which that could work but this doesn't so then um so then uh was it they go back to, like, they go to find a payphone and they can't call out but then it's also implied that like whoever the operator is is in on it like with what's going on and so they and freak i out. was already yeah. feeling um some very like reminiscent things from uh 
Oh my God. Like the body what snatchers. The like, yeah. Well, invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Very, very reminiscent of that. Yeah. So then, um, they go back to town, but I like, there's a bit where it's like, as they split up because it's like faith and Kevin, like he's going to go and talk to, uh, HG Orson who runs the AP wire service there. Who we met in the diner earlier. doesn't matter. Um, and then she's like, I'm going to go find my dad. And then he's like, and then Kevin's like, remember how we feel about each other. And they're like, they're like yeah, they're, they make googly eyes. They wrote my, I wrote my notes. I'm like, does that include butt stuff? I don't know, but that's right. My notes like, remember how we feel about each other, save each other for marriage, except for butt stuff. All right. That's, that's not what happened, but that's what I was thinking what was happening anyway. So back at the diner, he goes to Mr. Orson. He wants to use his AP wire connections to get the invasion broadcast. Orson puts sugar in his coffee pinky out. And that freaks out. That freaks out, uh, Kevin. <laughs> well, he puts extra sugar in sure. it. I'm like, well, you didn't like your sugar in your coffee. I'm like, I, that's like yeah. because all the uh, the figures they sh- they show is like insectoid. So yeah. it's like, is it bug stuff? Like I don't know. <laughs> is, yeah, Instead yeah, of bug sorry, stuff, it's bug, bug stuff. stuff. Does that include bug stuff? <laughs> bug stuff. <laughs> Oh, right. So, so then, um, we find out that like, uh, so he, so Kevin freaks out and then we find out that Faith's uncle is supposedly a pinky out alien now too. And then as they're like trying to, um, like was it, they drive away and then the, the shitty UFO is following them and shooting at them. It's bad. Um, the worst shooting yeah. ever. Yeah. Like these guys were able to make it to our atmosphere and find our planet, but they have the wor- I mean, like, are there st- uh, yeah, they're all stormtroopers. Yeah, it's all stormtroopers. They're all stormtroopers. Yeah. Like, they're, they're with the worst aim ever. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And then, so then he, so Kevin's like, well, they want to keep us alive. And so then, you know, he's, he keeps trying to get to the state highway. The car gets like sucked up in a tractor beam, which is very reminiscent of um, this island earth. I know it's a callback. Um, where like the, that, the car in that movie, which is also a Woody gets like tractor beamed by a green light into a UFO. So I get the call back, whatever. Um, and then uh, when they're in the UFO, Kevin finds all the locals that we were dealing with earlier are dressed in like the gear that we saw the aliens in. And then like he's in like a little separate little tube to the right. And then face in a little tube to the left. And he's like talking to faith. And then it's like, it turns out like, She's already been reprogrammed, whatever that means. And then it turns out that she's an alien uh, and like the locals take off, like all of them take off their, their masks, which by the way, like um, that makeup effect is actually like that. The practical effect of them pulling the skin off their faces is actually, that's the only thing in this that works. That actually looks pretty yeah. good. That, that's pretty stand out, honestly. Yeah. Because uh, they, they go to the back of their decks and start ripping flesh. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. And it, lo- it looks good for like, like uh, for as much as I despise the segment because it makes no goddamn sense. The practical effects versus like them doing the computer process effects after the practical makeup stuff here does work for what yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, like, even the, the remake of Invaders from Mars like, is around this time too, mm-hmm. which is a Toby Hooper remake that he did. Uh, it's actually pretty phenomenal what they can do for makeup effects at that point yeah even like i mean i'm a the low of, budget like, yeah, this is around the time of v as well right so like that mm. um, you know that makes sense right so i'm like uh, fine whatever so then we find out that like um that they're not on earth but they're on altier four which is another reference that i, f- I forget from where it doesn't matter i don't like see a training course yeah but like the term out the, the planet altier four 
is from another science fiction thing, but I know Stephen King used that in the Tommyknockers. Take that for what you want. Uh, it's training base. Kevin's one of them being trained for the invasion of Earth. And then Kevin's like, oh, shit, am I? Am I? And then he's like, oh, no, I want to pull my own face off. And now I'm uh, an alien man. And it's like, okay, great. Gr- cool. Sure. Makes no sense. And then we get a replay of the young couple coming into the diner because they saw a crash landing. And it turns out this time around, uh, the sheriff is being played by the guy that played Kevin. And it's right. like, okay, great. Sure. What what happened here, Terry? What is the point of this episode? Uh, it's a training course. Uh, great. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to. So that if, the training, if, if the training course for the invasion is when you're already there and you're already taking over a small town, are you... But like every, but you're having two two of your own kind that don't know that they're not your kind, but they're human. Like they think they're humans. Like, what's the point of that training? I don't understand it. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I can kind of understand it because being in retail, which you would understand as well, <laughs> it's like uh, possible scenarios. How do you uh, make the customer happy? Like. I think that's kind of where I align with this. I'm not saying it's perfect, but the last 30 seconds of this solidifies it being an okay episode for me (laughs) or storyline. Like Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I understand what they're trying to do. I I don't, I don't understand as a training exercise. I really don't. I just, it's like, like if the whole thing, like if it was been flipped where, um, like the training was that you have to learn to infiltrate like, and then get in and pretend to be human. I, I don't like, but the same, it's like, all you're doing is pranking your own species over and over again. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like, Oh, what's going on? I'm sorry, Kevin, you got punked Brr, alien style. Like, I don't understand. It's just, I get, I get yeah. what you're saying too, but I'm like, I wish I could be reprogrammed at my second job right now just so I can understand what I'm doing. Is this your second job? Is this what you're talking about? Are you, are you my second job? Yeah. Yeah. My second job. Like if anybody's listening that goes to, uh, Psycho Gear. (laughs) I don't know jack shit about that job. If you go to Psycho Gear and you ask for Terry, don't, don't expect. Anything. He's going to walk oh. out and be like, "I don't know what's going on," and rip off his face is what's going to happen. Yeah, but there's I mean, not going to be because yeah, a- I'm going to look, yeah. look insectoid. Like I'm a bit like. I, I was expecting right. just like it's going to be like a poltergeist thing where you just rip your face off. <laughs> That's it. You're like, I have no idea how to answer your question. Flesh, you know. Anyway, and I just so. throw flesh at him. <laughs> yes. Like, take right. that. Yeah. And, and get a get a discount at the <laughs> registry. <laughs> That's my yeah. coupons. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Like, I, I just. I think it's like kind of fun in that sense because I like at that again, like that last 20, 30 seconds of the episode. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it now. It's not a perfect episode, but I. It's like they're theorizing the whole train, 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 and then we'll get it right. So. And it's like, I mean, didn't we kind of get that from the first episode from um, the the original Twilight Zone as well? Well, okay. Like there's the no, original. No. You're talking about the season one, episode one, Where Is Everybody? Uh, that's, yeah. that's, um, but that's different because it's like, it, it's trying, it, that was dealing with isolation, the effects on per, uh, somebody before they send them off to space. 
Um, this is like now we're I, like we're expanding that idea. I, I guess. Like I mean, great. you're I. I appreciate that you're trying to find the through line with this. I really am. I do. Um, I'm going to disagree, and I'm not going to fight you about it. Uh, no, no, no. But you know, I just yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, not I, don't, I don't agree with you either. No, like, I don't think I, I don't think it makes opinion. a goddamn lick of sense. And I think what frustrates me too is that. Um, all, all parties involved were like, yeah, it's just fun. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, yeah, fun's fun. But like, if you're going to like run around in these like tropes and like pay homage, right. Then do it. Like there, there should be a certain amount of care to be at least stick the landing, which it sounds like you think it did. I will disagree, but like that, I, and that's I, I okay. I won't say that it's. Yeah. It, it stuck to landing. I would say that I understand where they're coming from. I, I it's more or less like I, I applaud what they were trying to do. It was more like, yeah, like that's not a bad uh, reinterpretation of like what was going on. It's more like, yeah, it's it, it, it's a good retelling in a sense, but it. it, it I didn't enjoy this all so much, but I can understand what they were trying to do. That's pretty much what theory is. Fair enough. Where like, my just, just, yeah. Um, okay. Like, I'm okay. Like, good, good. I'm glad that like, that's, that's part of the fun, um, of the thing that I enjoy is that if we lined up every single time, then this would be a very boring journey. Right. Yeah. I mean, we do a line a lot, but if we diverge, I think it's the better for it, meaning that we know that there's like maybe that some out there. It's like, you know what? I had a lot of fun with this. I didn't think too hard about it. I'm like, cool. And then I, you know, I overthink it until I take it to the ground. Yeah. And it's for our audience. Like this is never a conscious effort. Like we're not like, Hey, like, let's say this is the best ever. No, like uh, yesterday I drove by, I, I drove by Terry's place and just gave him like the side eye and was really looking at him passive aggressively. And I drove away and I was like, yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, all right. Yeah. I, 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 I just, it, uh, again, it's like, I didn't really enjoy what they did with this episode. I just think that they they did a good job of, like, the storytelling and what they were trying to do with it. It's like, I get it. Like, I understand what they tried to and, do. And it was, it. like, in the casting, when you when you know who did what, which we mentioned that's fun, right? In terms of them trying to be like, hey, you know what? You guys made your bones making these things. Let's just have you got like, let's go back and like, um, let's just have one last romp, right? And have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I do appreciate that. It's just that it's like it was handled every every step of the way. The wrong decision was made, right? And like, so I'll put it this. I'll put this to you. Um, so I've watched this episode three times. I'm going to argue that's um, three times too many. Uh, uh, and I ended up, so I watched it once just to, you know, obviously do just the straight up watching it. Cause I, I like just accepting things as they are. Did the, the watch for the notes and cutting, you know, the uh, images. Well, there was a thing that I will point out directly. Uh, it felt very like, uh, I guess saccharine sweet, like mm-hmm. the relationships, like I, 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 like that's like why I made the comparison to the blob. Because that movie, as much as I love that movie, <laughs> it's like everything is dialed in in the 50s. It's like, oh, my God, my love. 
and they're like this weird embrace that doesn't feel genuine at all. That, well, that's, that's fair. And then and the music matches the tone. We're like, oh yes, this embrace that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That's where I'm at with this. But the storyline and where it kind of followed through, that felt more in line to the stuff that I love from the fifties. It was like. Yeah, we still have a mission to accomplish here. Yeah, I just and but my argument would be like you you're 30 years past this so you could write better. Anyway, so that's all. So Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying like, you know, it's one thing it's one thing to Okay, so here, I'll I'll put it to you this way. Um and this is not exactly the same, but there was the the Marvel like um the the Werewolf by Night that that yeah. um and it's like it like they knew what what genres and what tropes they were dealing in, and exactly. and it's like, um, and they got it right, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a little bit more like modern like winking, which I think you can't like. I th- it's hard to filter out like that knowing irony now as a as a, of a viewer of things, but it's like, but it still felt like they got a lot of it right. Um, there is yeah. definitely a balance between the two audiences. Yeah. Because uh, not only are you entertaining the people that are so in, in tune to what's going on with the, the, the normal Marvel stuff, but mm-hmm. then I think there is like that that's the similar audience. It's like that they're kind of catering to like, uh, you know, like the black and white, the, the, yeah. the, the opening sequences and that like is. You know, I I, th- I thought that was beautiful. Like that's a uh, this is probably something for a different party a podcast. But it's like, oh my god, I absolutely love that, and I, I think it's kind of interesting that you make that through line here. But you know what I mean, though. Like, my, it's like you could tell there's a love there for those those that style horror and that time frame, and right. the, and those comics, and it, and it comes through, and it's not. I don't know. It's handled real well, and I, again, completely different project. Absolutely, yeah, right. But and it's like it's like especially when you talk about something like uh, a film like uh, uh, Forbidden World or, or, for, or Forbidden, Forbidden Planet, yeah, for Forbidden Land. Um, you know, it's like th- those kind of through lines here. Now it's like maybe that might be the audience that they're trying to capture. You know, like somebody who's like, oh my god. I, I haven't seen Twilight Zone in 30 years. Like, let me capture a little bit of that, like that bit. Yeah. That might be best. I don't know. It's like, it just, why does it feel like, why does it feel like something like number 12 looks just like you somehow, even though it's supposed to be set in the future, captured like 50 sci-fi better than this does. Yeah, no, I, you know I, what I, mean? I totally like, agree with you. Um, I mean, that was also a Beaumont script that got adapted, right? But like, just, I don't yeah, know. Like, cool. and I, and I know that's not supposed to be for comedy. Like, I get it, right? Even even what was one of the last, uh, last episodes of season three was, will the real Martian please stand up? Not great, but it, it knew what it was doing. You know, right. like just, um, but anyway, I just, I don't know, man. So I'm just, so let me, I have a little, I have some notes. I don't know if you have anything yeah, else. I, I yeah, I think we need to talk about those notes because yeah. uh, this gets a little wild right now. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about like the like the number of people involved in things, and I, I like all that. But listening to the commentary track from Phil DeGuerre, and he's just like, oh, he's just talking about like all the references and things. He's just having a grand old time. And I'm like, Phil, I want to shake your hand because I appreciate that you brought back the Twilight Zone, but then I want to punch you in the face because you didn't do it good. But we'll talk about that two weeks from now. Um, he just seems like a generally nice guy. And I'm like, ah, 
can we pick somebody else? But no. Um, so this was the actual last uh, segment shot for the this, this season. Um, so with that being said, uh, it, it got a little a little loosey-goosey on set because everybody was showing up for a wrap party. And they kind of had to rush things. So everyone's like, yeah, like, can we drink and eat cake or whatever? So that might explain some of this, too, where it's like everybody was just ready to be done with this season. Understandably so, especially like the 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 people like filming it and everything too. It's like like I we've been working a hell of a lot of time here. Like there not only like as far as like segments and that, but like the people we've been working with too. Because you know, let's not forget about Wound Freaking here. So Yeah. Right. So like I just Yeah, I don't know. Like I I'm 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 glad that you found some value in this i i did not this thing annoyed me just over and over and over again um and you know but you know like we all we all have those things that like that is like that like you know whenever you get like uh something stuck in your tooth right you just can't dig it out right like it's just it's that's one of these where it was just it just it bugged me and bugged me and bugged me and no matter how many ways i tried to approach it it annoyed me uh but that's okay like i mean you know there's probably things that I adore that, that everyone's like, yeah, you like that? I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. They're like, well, that's stuck in my tooth. I'm like, well, then you, you have bad teeth. That's not true. But you know what I mean? It's just, I just did not like this. It just, uh, it was very frustrating. Cause I was hoping we've had a decent string here in the back half of the season. Grace note wasn't, wasn't great, but it would, it, it's heart was in the right place. So I could kind of give that a pass. It was still frustrating. This just, it felt like it's like, it just didn't get anything right for me. And that's kind of how I feel about it. And that's fair. I, yeah. I, I completely understand and respect your opinion about it. I, I just look at it from a different perspective. It's like, I could see this existing in a 60s, probably even 50s format. Yeah. And be like, ah, it was, it was kind of interesting. And, and, you know, the acting was kind of subpar, but I would expect that from something in the fifties or sixties as well. Yeah. I think they kind of dialed it in for that format. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely camp. Like I get that. Right. Right. Like, you know, but yeah. So, all right. Any other um, thoughts or notes about um, a day in Beaumont? I think we're going to discover these notes real quick together. (laughs) So, so you do you have more notes or no? Are we getting ready? Are we gonna no, no. You you same because uh, I, I th- I'm probably gonna have the same notes. With oh, you, you mean so in terms I, of the twist? Are we are we how we feel about things? Or yeah, I uh, I think uh, your notes are probably gonna be in line with me. Yeah, like, that's all I have. But, that's all it was. They wanted to party, and so things went kind of got weird at the end, and they had to kind of like so many people kept showing up that they're like it went like over long, and everyone's like, "Can we party?" And they're like, "We got to shoot this first. And I was like, "Ah, oh, we want to party." So well, yeah. so that well, the the first and foremost thing that I want to say yeah. is like, I, I think there's just like call outs here. Mm-hmm. Um, so like HG's HG Orson, yeah, yeah HG Orson, Orson was, Wells, yeah, Orson Wells, yeah. Um, like what we have here, we talked about we a lot of these people we talked about already and what they did previously. Um, uh, the there is a town in Beaumont, sorry, a town in Texas named Beaumont, but that's not like they don't think that it's named after Charles Beaumont, which we talked about. Um, they don't then, think, but like I think that's a call out. Of course, to, and then they they refer yeah. to a town later, Matheson, which we know from Richard Matheson. Um, right. Yeah. So that was that's the big things. Like we've already talked about, like all the older people and I where think they were. Whitmore, uh, Major Whitmore, is like a call out too. I can't remember where Whitmore came from. 
But yeah, nonetheless, uh, I, I didn't do enough research tonight. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. No, I didn't. I, I did this, too. And I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, because so most of the main characters named after actors who appeared in 50 science fiction films or their directors. So we've covered all that, I think. So, right. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what, what's next? <laughs> I, let's, let's read this twist. Twist rating, as always, is one through five, meaning one we saw coming from a mile away and five meaning mind-blowing. That does not reflect our opinions about the episode. Uh, Just because, like, I honestly didn't know where this is going because I blame the writing being shitty. I'll give it a three. Like, that's what I'll say. Because I'm like, this is where we ended up at? Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a two because uh, the title doesn't give so much away either. Mm -hmm. But um, the idea that these people try to give some kind of clarity of like what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like the resolution is that it's a training camp. I, I, I'm going to have to give it a two because I, it, I didn't expect it being a training camp. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't expect that. I don't think it was earned, but I didn't expect that ending. So that's what I'll say about right. that. So, yeah. All right. Um, that's going to do it <clears throat> for our conversation about, uh, a day in Beaumont, uh, before we talk about what we're doing next, uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. Um, there, we're always posting weird images. If I can get the gifts I've made from this goddamn segment up, it will be funny because it's even funnier without context. Seeing Victor Garber look at a big flaming sky poop or whatever flying across the sky. It's just funny. I, I think it's funny. Um, and then uh, you guys can email us directly at invading. Uh, not invading. Oh, Jesus. Talking about UFOs. Strange Highways podcast at gmail.com i'm getting my shows mixed up um and then wherever you find our podcast rate and review it'd be greatly appreciated if you enjoyed this conversation or if you say you know what a day of beaumont was my favorite segment of the twilight zone these guys are lunatics like let us know and share with people like you know fight me i don't care like you know we, we, we've had people uh, push back on uh, Dennis uh, Hopper being a Nazi. <laughs> you know, like it's been it's been weird sometimes. But yeah. Uh, like, and, and we will continue to push <laughs> yes, back on yes, that one too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, no, sorry, push back as in like, well, you know, like, no, 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 no. That was Hitler telling Dennis Hopper shit. Don't, no, 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 no. Be quiet. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, Terry, where can people find us otherwise? We are still on Instagram. Uh, check us out over there. Um, it's been a, it's been a grudge right now uh, to try to share some things that maybe people would share. I I don't know. Like it's a different thing, a different breed for us to, as a podcasters to kind of get involved in. But I mean, for God's sake, if you listen to us on any streaming media, please share it. Please like, yeah. give us a like. Give us a follow. I mean, we don't earn any money off this. We just, we're having fun. We're just two, two dudes just having fun. Like, we love this. And if you could possibly share this with anybody else that mm-hmm. you know would like this kind of, uh, you know, this media. Like, I mean, like, we are passionate about this. Maybe you know somebody else that's passionate about it. I mean, please help us out. Yeah. So the more the merrier. So, all right, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, what we're doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. Terry, my God, it's been 18 years. Um, we're we're at, finally, we are finally, finally, finally at the last segment 
of the first season of the 80s iteration of the Twilight Zone. It is season one, episode 24B, The Last Defender of Camelot. Um, you know, the, the story was written by George. The R- Last Defenders of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> written by George R.R. R. Martin. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, people may have heard of him. Um, Perhaps. For a thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're almost done. And that, that's all I got to say about that. We'll get there. We'll get there next week. And then the week after, we're going to do our season one wrap up. We're going to have a guest on the show. We'll talk about that. We'll announce it later. Uh, what cool. what other person that has uh, uh, watched all of this with us? I'm hoping all of you have as well, but I understand that's a, that's a tough get right right now. It's a tough lift. Yeah. Well, I, I would also say that considering this is the last conversation about this season, like maybe recommend something that you want to hear about like, oh yeah we, we're I mean, gonna take a small break and then we're gonna we're gonna come back and do other stuff before season two recommend things please um the for most god's recent- sake i mean like movies uh anthology storylines i mean uh, it, we've discussed so many things in the past yeah. i mean even if it is like the outer limits or something like that that's tangentially close the new season down. the new season of black mirror just dropped this week um uh, sorry last week uh, uh, this is a recording I've watched all five segments. Um, I, I can challenge Terry to like, if we want to talk oh about, oh, if we want to talk about you Dean, jerk, yeah. You what? Jerk. what? Oh my God. What? Watching black mirror without you? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. What? Like you want to come over to my house and hold hands and watch black mirror. We could have done it. I don't know, but, uh, we could have cried together. Yeah, we could. Well, there, there is some, there's some gut punches here, but then this season gets a little different and I'm okay. Like we, we can, Examine that, but there's a, there's uh, a segment called Demon Seventy Nine that I think is right up your alley. Like, so oh, maybe we'll cover right. that one. That maybe one, that one. If we don't get any recommendations, that's going to be it. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I think all of them are pretty good. Uh, but yeah, Demon Seventy Nine is like it's uh, that's what screams Terry. Yeah, uh, fan, fan favor, uh, Trump him because uh, if there's some kind of leaning, I want you to uh, excommunicate Paul because. He has a lot of say because it is his podcast. That's and my it's our podcast. podcast. It's our podcast. And I, I, that's what I said. It's yeah. yours and mine. Okay. <laughs> just a, and if there's a black mirror segment uh, that we've not covered so far on the show, let us know. We'll, we'll like, if there's one that you want us to cover uh, with the exception of, Oh, the, was it called the Waldo moment? I'd never want to revisit that one. That's the worst one of all of them. Um, you know, like that's, you know, other than that, we'll cover whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll set up a, a like a little a voting thing. I mean, if we can do that, I think yeah. we can do that, right? Yeah, we, um, I don't know, but like anyway. So yeah, recommendations <laughs> be great. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it. I think for our discussion about Dan Beaumont, uh, and never yeah. shall we speak of this again <clears throat> until two weeks from now. Uh, so so yeah, um, <laughs> uh, everybody everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. In the meantime, um, I don't know if you see really bad uh, computer effects fly across the sky, just leave it be and just drive the other direction. I think that's fair. Uh, Don't trust anyone. Yeah. Pinkies out. No, no, don't trust pinkies. Pinkies are bad. Take a deep breath. Now tell me from the beginning. Sure. We were out past the Santa Mira Mountains. 
and we saw a across the sky. You mean like a big burning? You saw it too.